Welcome to Tech Down, the weekly podcast discussing technology and other nerd-related topics. Today's date is December 16th, 2014, and this is episode 14. I'm Adam Comp, joined, as always, by my brother Aaron. Aaron, how you doing this week, man? Hey, Adam. Really good. Thanks. Uh, so... I'm kind of really excited about this episode. Uh, In case you are listening to this episode of Tech Down and you missed last week's episode, we are going to be spending the last couple of weeks of the year kind of running down uh, some best of 2014 lists uh, about a couple different topics. Last week, we tackled our favorite songs of 2014, and this week, we are going to be discussing our favorite apps of the year, which is a topic that's definitely very near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, And before we dive in, um, did you want to discuss a little bit about what what criteria you were looking for on your end about uh, your favorite apps? What were you grading on? What makes a great app? Yeah. What qualifies an app to make uh, Aaron Comp's best apps of 2014 list? Yeah. So this year, I was really looking for uh, delightful interactions, just like apps that feel really playful, uh, that are, are that stand above just using the system elements and kind of go above and beyond. Uh, that. Uh, still balance the ability to delight the user with like just incorporating fluff. There's been a couple apps that I really enjoy the interaction they have, such as uh, Paper by Facebook, but spoiler alert, they didn't make my list because I didn't really enjoy the app as a whole, even though that one aspect I really enjoyed. So uh, other things I'm looking for are just uh, quality in an app. So something that's really stable, something that's dependable. A lot of uh, apps, maybe not as essential, as this uh, example I'm about to do, but some apps are just indispensable. Like, for instance, the camera in the iPhone. Um, and if there's a delay when you're going for the camera in your iPhone, it kind of ruins that Kodak moment you're trying to capture, and that's kind of unacceptable. So an app that an app that makes my best of list has to perform well, too. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and then uh, thirdly, and this doesn't apply to everything, has to provide serious utility as well. Um, I don't know about you, but there's a couple apps in here that actually are not uh, were not released in 2014, but came into their own league uh, in 2014, in my opinion. Interesting. Just some apps that really shine, yeah. Yeah, I so was going to... I'm really excited to share mine with you. I was going to ask you about that because I definitely did not stick to apps that had their initial re- release in 2014, but kind of uh, did the same thing. And if they kind of came into their own this year and I really found them and started using them on a daily basis this year. I, I counted them towards the list. Mm-hmm. All right, so what is your criteria for a great app? Uh, okay, so I did not select any first-party apps. I don't know if that was the same for you. So if it was made by Apple, it was automatically disqualified uh, in my book. Is that the yeah, s- we, didn't, we didn't actually specify that, but I uh, actually did the same thing. Uh, Safari, one of my most used apps this year, mm-hmm. and I did not include it in this list. Yeah. Um, and then the other two things that I was looking for is an app that is highly functional um, and one that incorporates great design um, and really, really good design decisions and um, is kind of, you mentioned, uh, you know, kind of being delightful. And that was something that I really looked for. So there's a lot of apps that I, I think are highly functional that definitely did not make my list because I don't think that their design is all that great. So um, apps like 1Password, I maybe use every single day. Um, Alien Blue, I think they're highly functional and really usable, but I, I wouldn't go so far as to say their design is great and they definitely don't delight in my book. Um, and then on the other hand, there are apps that I think incorporate a really great design that I don't use all the time, but they're like, um, they kind of inspire me to do a better job designing when I'm making design decisions. And mm-hmm. a couple of uh, examples of those app are the um, the first party Twitter app that Twitter put out, I think just does an amazing job with some of their design decisions and the delighting, delightful usability features. Um, Path has a fantastic app that I actually still refer to 
every once in a while. Um, Snapchat hit, does some amazing UI tricks that I think are just so cool. And then other parts of Snapchat I just still can't figure out and they don't make any sense to me. Um, and also Clear is something, it, or is an app that I think, um, again, wasn't an app that was released in 2014, but I, I just think it's an example of really great, solid design. Um, but those are, you know, just a couple examples of apps that didn't make my list because I don't use them uh, very frequently, so I wouldn't say they're highly functional. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I guess those those were basically the criteria that I was uh, going off of. Yeah, and uh, it's actually a really exciting year for apps, too, because, again, spoiler alert, both of uh, these lists, I believe, are going to be 100% iOS apps. So we're not including any favorite Mac uh, apps we might have or Android apps or Windows Phone or anything like that. Uh, so these are all going to be iOS only. Yeah. Uh, and it's just been a fantastic year for iOS with the uh, introduction of extensions, and that includes today widgets. So a lot of the apps you mentioned, like, for instance, Clear, which is a couple years old at this point, they kind of breathe new life into this app by including a today widget. Uh, it's the same uh, a few times over. It's kind of new territory for developers, but it also kind of is an opportunity to really make your app shine this year. So kind of an exciting uh, year for apps. Yeah. Um, All right. Any other introduction words, or do you want to just dive right in and start talking about our picks? No, you want to get us started? Oh, so that's a heavy burden for me to make the first pick of the Tech Down Best Apps of 2014. Yeah, I don't want to put you out. I'll do it if you really need me to. No, no, no. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. I'll, uh, I'll... rise to the pressure i don't know what i'm talking about um first app that i want to pick um is square cash and this is an app that in my book earns really high marks for solving a problem that i didn't know that i had Um, basically what the app does is it allows you to send money for free between other people uh on your contacts list so for example if uh, I sold you my headphones and I was going to charge you $50 for it. You could use Square Cash to send me the money immediately, or uh, likewise, I could request the $50 from you and then you would get a notification and an email and you could fulfill the request through the app. Um, and it works so smoothly that it is almost kind of magical. Um, it might be a little bit of a security concern because you actually have to link your debit card to the app uh, in order to make these deposits and withdrawals directly from and to your bank account. Um, but they have the ability where you can uh, have to enter your debit card's CVV code in order to actually send out a transfer, which is something that um, I have enabled. So I, I, I use it all the time. I kind of... Uh, almost feel guilty for not guilty that's not the right word but i've recruited a lot of people into the square cash trolley yeah jack dorsey thanks you (laughs) right um which is okay so i guess i do feel a little bit uh dirty because the company that i work for actually makes a point of sale app what i work on all the time that is a competitor for squares actual application so um to consistently be driving people to download basically a competitor's app um probably uh isn't i I don't know maybe a little bit conflict of interest but i don't care because the app is just super solid um a couple ui things that i wanted to point out is that the app is really straightforward and really easy to use which is just uh, something that I I love and I always look for when I'm using my apps. You know how to use it pretty much immediately. The app has just a big keyboard as soon as it launches or as soon as you get into, you know, your main flow. You enter an amount and then you hit a button whether you want to request that amount or send that amount to somebody else. And then once you hit that button, you select the person and that's basically it. Um, When you are uh, entering numbers, there's this really nice 
little animation where the number that you hit kind of slides into view and it fades in at the same time, almost like it's a rotary dial, uh, which I think is really cool. Um, and then there's also, if you go into your profile screen on the app, like the header of your profile takes up like a third of the screen. And as you scroll up, that area shrinks and your picture fades away and your name kind of slides into a slightly different area. And then once you slide it up enough, it looks like a standard navigation bar, um, even though I'm pretty sure they're doing something custom. And it's just an example of um, like there's a bunch of little interactions going on there where you slide up your profile on that screen and everything just kind of slides in, into place and some UI elements fade away and disappear. Um, and it's just kind of, kind of, kind of seamless. And it's, I, I like have caught myself spending time just sliding it up and down and just taking notice of all the little interactions that went into that one little, uh, scrolling, uh, feature in the app. So, mm -hmm. um, really good attention to detail. It's solid. I've recommended it to a ton of people and gotten them hooked on the app. So my first pick is... Uh, square cash nice good pick yeah i know you've gotten a lot of the family on board uh, with that app um so your recruitment abilities are outstanding i actually i recommended it to a friend when i bought some uh lions tickets and she initially did not want to download the app and I told her, oh, it's one of my favorites, and I use it all the time, and it's my favorite way to send people money now, and got her to sign up for it. Um, and then she requested the money, and like 30 seconds later, I had responded and actually like paid her for the football tickets that she had bought. And she uh, messaged me and was like, that was remarkably fast. I, I almost can't believe how quickly that happened, and it, it really impressed her. So it was kind of cool to yeah. take somebody who is like initially kind of skeptical and convert turn them, them into a convert. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, you, you know what else is really cool about the app in, a, in an age where, uh, usually you have to either pay to download an app or you download an app and it has in-app purchases. Uh, square cash actually works where after you hook up your debit card, square pays you a dollar. And then if you recommend other people to the app, um, you, I think you get a dollar for everybody that you recruit and they end up signing up something along those lines, but, but they pay you to kind of recruit people to use the app, which is really crazy because, um, they don't, I don't think they make any money off of the transactions. They just, um, get kind of free marketing uh, out of this as far as I know. Um, so the more people that you recruit to use the app and that use your recruitment, uh, link, you, you actually end up getting money, which is uh, really neat. Yeah. Interesting monetization strategy. Definitely. Pay other people. Uh, okay. Well then, uh, fantastic first, uh, choice. Thank you, sir. To get us started off. Thank you. Uh, if I can lead us into our second app Do of it. the night, yep. I think you're going to agree with me that this was a fantastic year for this app. And it's also kind of a cheat because I just looked it up and it actually came out in October of 2013, but it's been my either top uh, number one or number two because they're kind of it's between this and Safari all the way, and it my uh, my first app of best apps of 2014 presented by TechDown is Tweetbot three by Tapbots. Yes, Tweetbot yes. three, solid solid pick. Let's yes. let's hear what you like about it. Third party uh, Twitter client of choice by TechDown. Yes, sir. Yep. So. I almost uh, feel like we should play like some kind of sound effect. Like maybe maybe in post you can add like a crowd cheering whenever we <laughs> introduce our picks. Applause. Yeah. yeah. A countdown, a little drum beat. <laughs> yeah. Can get a friend of the show, Andrew Comp, to record something. There you go. On his cojones. Or yeah. <laughs> something else. Cajon. That's it. <laughs> no, no, the first one. Yeah. He he uh, plays the cojones. Yeah, uh, this is going to have turned into a video podcast for that <laughs> episode. Uh, so the my favorite thing about Tweetbot 3, and this is kind of skipping ahead, because as I mentioned before, my uh, the, the things one of the top things I was looking for for uh, my apps this year, top apps, are 
the ability to delight me. And Tweetbot does this every single day, and I use Tweetbot religiously. Um, it's it might as well be the home screen of my phone. I open it just you know through muscle memory and just flick to the top of the list and start reading my Twitter list uh, down from the top, which would drive Adam crazy, I know. Um, but anyway, tapping on a photo uh, enlarges the photo just as you'd expect. And instead of like tapping it to shrink or tapping a close button like you did in the yesteryear of iOS 6, uh, you just flick the photo off the screen and it kind of responds to your uh, flick like with a realistic sense of motion. So is you know with the velocity of how fast you flick it, that's how fast the photo like shoots off the screen. And it is just the most fun that I might have had in a nap this year. Just flicking photos off the screen in uh, Tweetbot 3. And I don't miss. And, and I will just open photos just so I can get rid of them. And like cool spins and stuff like exactly, that. Exactly, like Grabbing yeah. from a corner and throwing it. And just playing around with it. You can like add angular rotation as you flick the, uh, flick the photo out of the view. Which is just amazing and super delightful. Yeah, exactly. You could make an entire uh, mobile video game out of that Tweetbot 3, uh, you know, exiting animation for photos. It's just so much fun. That's a really good uh, example of an interaction that I just want to see everywhere. I want to see every single app adopt that because I I love it so much. Yeah, and actually Tweetbot is full of a lot of really interesting animations. You kind of touched on uh, in Square Cache, and I believe this is pretty similar, in your profile view in Tweetbot, if you pull down, uh, if you just scroll down, your cover image will kind of enlarge to fit the view as you scroll down, and that's just like a really fun animation to watch. Uh, it's just full of little tweaks like that that just make it feel very, uh, not just fun, but responsive too. Like there's a lot of fluidity to the app. Uh, so I really enjoy that. The custom, uh, the the options you have to customize the app are just really great too. Like I've dialed my font down to a pretty small size uh, because of the retina resolution and my fine young eyes. I have no problem reading these. <laughs> I have no problem reading the tiny text. Uh, so I get like a lot of tweets per uh, um, per view. You know, before I have to start scrolling, I get like four or five tweets in there. It's kind of a pet peeve of mine that other Twitter clients kind of. Uh, I guess like put a little more padding in between their tweets or just like space it out or use a larger font and you don't get so much content on the screen and I really like that I can tweak Tweetbot to uh, uh, fit my needs. Uh, Yeah, Uh, Tweetbot is definitely also on my list of top apps of the year and I just, I wrote down a couple notes about what I love about it. Um, the viewing of modal images in line, I think, is a complete game changer, and I'm actually really surprised that I haven't seen more widespread adoption of that. Um, I, I know I've, it's something that I've tried implementing myself with kind of limited success, so maybe it's just the sort of thing that, uh, you know, Tapbot spent uh, a lot of time on, and it's not super duper easy to duplicate, although UIKit Dynamics handles most of that. Um I love, I think that it's so cool, the uh, flow of writing a draft tweet. Um, are you familiar with this at all? You ever write drafts? Uh, yeah, I, I'm familiar with the functionality, but I just don't end up using drafts a ton. Yeah, <laughs> I, I definitely have the phantom draft syndrome where I'll type out an entire tweet and then be like, no, nah, and just won't send it. And I guess I have a stockpile of drafts, and I know exactly how to get to them because of how intuitive their draft system works. Exactly, exactly. So uh, if you haven't used Tweetbot before, uh, the way that it works is you open up the normal Tweet Composer, and you start to write out your tweet. Um, And then uh, while you're writing it, there's a send button or there's a cancel button. And if you hit the cancel button while you have content in in the tweet message, uh, it'll ask you if you want to discard the tweet or save it in your drafts. And so you can say, oh, I actually do want to save this. Um, And then you can forget about it. And there's no like new interface for drafts. And the way that you find it again is the next time that you open the Tweet Composer, the corner of it will lift up and it'll have a number that indicates the number of drafts that you have. And so uh, it it might have one or two. And when you tap on it, it shows a list of all of your drafts. Um, as soon as you start to compose a tweet, e- even if you have drafts saved, 
that corner kind of lays back down and it, it's out of the way, so you don't have to worry about it anymore. And it's just a really thoughtful interaction that is super intuitive and um, it just makes me, it, it's a sort of thing that makes me want to strive to be a developer that's that thoughtful about solving problems. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, it, like it, it's the sort of thing that inspires me. Um, and it's, it's like really small. I can't imagine it's something that gets a ton of attention, but um, I, I just think that it's, it's super duper nice. Um, a couple other UI things that I really wanted to point out. I love that when you're composing a message, there's a, uh, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but the bar at the top of the keyboard, accessory view. Um, the accessory view has a button to add an image, so there's a little camera, um, so that that's always available. But it also has a dedicated hashtag button, so you don't have to bring up the number pad if you want to uh, type in a hashtag for your tweet, which is, again, something really small but really thoughtful and makes me really happy. Um, and then last thing that I wanted to bring up that's super nice is the, I don't have the app open right now, but like the first two or three, the first three tabs are, um, dedicated and the first tab in the app is your Twitter feed. And the second is for at mentions for you. And the third is for direct messages. And the next two tabs are kind of everything else. And you can kind of uh, switch them around to fit what features of Twitter you use the most. And the way that you do it is you tap and hold on one of those other tabs and the other options kind of slide up from it. You can select it there. And then the next time you leave that tab and then come back, it's it's still on that option. So you might visit your, uh, you might visit search a lot. You might visit uh, your profile, um, retweets list, etc cetera, etc cetera. um but it's kind of a, a nice way of allowing additional customization and just kind of being a, a real another example of a really thoughtful ui element yeah you have any other notes about tweetbot uh no uh, i'm i knew that this would be uh something that we both shared on both mm-hmm. of our lists and uh i, I don't know i I, I know they get a lot of recognition. I just think it's such a, a solid app. Yeah. And before we move off the topic completely, I do have one question for you. Yeah. And that is, what theme do you use with TweetBot? Uh, so it's an interesting question because you mentioned that you changed your font size. Um, and to be honest, I didn't, I guess I kind of remember a screen where you can change your font um, and your font family and your font size. Um, and I think I kind of remember that you can two finger swipe in order to switch between light and dark mode. Is that right? Uh, I think it's something like that. I I vaguely remember hearing that. Um, but so I guess to answer your question, I, I pretty much live in the stock UI. So daylight theme, I think the font that, that I use is the Helvetica Noia system default. And the size um, is probably like three or four times as big as your fine young eyes need them to be. Man, man, no kidding. I So I can't believe what I'm hearing because I have <laughs> the, uh, the uh, not only do I have the system font, or I'm sorry, the uh, Tweetbot font cranked down to the second lowest setting. I uh I have the night mode set all 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 around the clock. So 24/7 I have Tweetbot night mode. Um I just I don't know for what reason I just really prefer the dark background. I don't know. Uh it's not like I have a dark version of Safari I use or anything like that. For some reason for my Twitter and Reddit experiences, I just really prefer the darker uh um UI. I don't know, maybe it's because I view a lot of media in those two apps, so keeping it in like a theater mode, you know, keeping everything dark, so I'm not constantly readjusting, maybe something like that. Um, Okay, so if you don't mind leading us to our third app of the night? Uh, Yes, I just switched my font size to the second smallest 
one, and uh, it looks it looks pretty nice. I might stick with this for a little while. Pick, yeah. Picking up some pro tips on Tech Down. Yeah, you should see it on the 6 Plus. It's just so much text on the screen. Oh, my gosh. I bet you can fit, like, 45 tweets on the screen at a time. Yeah. I'm looking at 6 right now. It's just jam-packed. That is it's pretty nice. Super useful. Not bad. All right. Let's see. My number two pick. Um, next pick, I will go with uh, an app called Yahoo News Digest. Uh, which I know, or I'm pretty sure, actually did come out in 2014. Um, And if you are unfamiliar with Yahoo News Digest, the way this works is it is an app that allows you to consume the top 8 or 10 news stories um, that are happening twice a day. So in the morning, you receive a notification that tells you the morning's news stories are ready to view, and you open the app and you can read those eight or 10 news stories. Then you receive another push notification in the evening and says, hey, the evening's news stories are ready. You open it up and uh, and you read them. Um, I basically kind of skim through the headlines um, and page through them really quick just so I know, uh, excuse me, uh, I know kind of what's going on in the world, which is it's kind of nice because I don't really watch TV. Um, I don't think that Reddit is really a good place for me to get my news. So it's actually been really useful being able to pay attention to what's actually going on in the world. Um, the content is loaded dynamically every time the app starts up. Uh, so there are images for every news story that are fetched when when the app starts up, if there are new news stories available. Um, and uh, as soon as... Like, like if it's the morning and you read the morning news stories and then it becomes the evening and you uh, want to read the evening's news stories, I, I'm pretty sure the morning's ones are just gone and you can't get to them anymore. So it's like uh, really temporary and really lightweight and I, I really like that a lot. Um, it's also kind of gamified. So you can view your history of if you have read the mornings and the evenings news stories, um, kind of in like a, a calendar view, and it does like an empty circle if you didn't read the news stories for either morning or evening, and then a half-filled circle if you read one of them, and then a full circle if you read them both. So you can like look at the past month. Um, like I've read every single news story um, every single day, and it, it's uh, just a little bit of gamification which is kind of cool for, you know, reading news stories. Um, But also, talking about gamification, um, so I I use the app pretty much every day, and it's on my home screen, and it's been there for a couple of months now, and I like it a lot. But I only today noticed something that they've added. It must have been recent, but I don't know. on the settings screen, it has the logo of the app, which is like seven or eight small dots in, arranged in a circle that are each different colors. So on the settings screen, it has this logo at the top. And if you tap that logo, every little ball on, on the logo becomes detached from its place and rolls down to the bottom corner of the screen. So you instinctively flatten out your phone and the balls start to roll like towards the top. And uh, so it's like a an impromptu, one of those uh, like 10 cent games that you get from Chuck E. Cheese. That's like a dome with a piece of cardboard in it that has a couple of uh, holes punched in the cardboard and some ball bearings inside of it. And you try to roll all the ball bearings so that they're inside all the holes. It's like that game, like impromptu on the setting screen of this news-consuming application, which I thought was uh, super cool and really delightful, right? Um, And again, it's something that I I didn't even notice until today when I was like kind of going through and trying to find all the fun things about this app. Um, Other kind of cool UI things that they added are um, each news story gets kind of this big uh, headline image 
that's at the top of the story. And then below that, there's the title. And then below that, there's the actual article, which is only, you know, a few paragraphs, maybe four or five paragraphs. Um, but this image is really cool because depending on, you, you can page left or right to get to additional news stories, or you can, you know, scroll up or down to get to the content of the story. Um, if you pull down so that the scroll view is kind of in, uh, over scroll, it's, you know, bouncing vertically, um, the photo expands, I think, which is kind of what you talked about Tweetbot's doing, uh, on the profile screen, um, which is, which is really cool. And I appreciate that. But if you scroll it, if you scroll the content up or page left to right, um, the, like the content that isn't the photo moves at like regular scroll speed, but the photo actually lay, relays out in its frame uh, at a slightly different rate in the same direction. So it creates this really subtle parallax effect um, that's really kind of cool. And since the photos are so prominent um, and, you know, paging left and right and scrolling up and down are such a big, uh, it, it's like the way that you move around in the app. Um, it's something that's subtle that happens all the time. That's just really, really cool and really delightful. And you can tell they put a lot of thought into it. Um, it's also like you picture a photo at the top of a news story and like, I could just picture in app design meetings, uh, and we're doing wireframes as we're coming up for the idea for the app. Um, I would just draw a square at the top, uh, of that view where you're viewing the story but they actually have it set up so that the bottom of it is like at an angle. So it's like, it's like cut and it's a complete, it's like a, uh, like a trapezoid kind of shape is what it ends up being, which is again, something that's really small, but it's kind of unique and kind of a cool style choice. Um, so yeah, I, I, it's an app that I use all the time. Um, I think that they did an amazing job with the design um, and yeah, Yahoo News Digest. I, I would recommend uh, everybody check it out. Yeah, I'll have to do that. That's, I mean, I'm really enjoying this list so far. Uh, this is the first one I actually have not seen myself, so I'm going to have to, uh, check that out. I've enjoyed other Yahoo apps like Yahoo Weather, which has, um, some really nice animations. You are praising, uh, Yahoo News Digest for that, and seems like Yahoo's on a bit of a roll. They still have some apps that I use and uh, around fantasy football time find indispensable, like their fantasy football app, but I'm not a huge fan of it itself, even though the uh, content I find indispensable. Yeah, exactly. Like, Yahoo does some amazing jobs with some of their apps, and some of their apps they just totally don't spend as much time uh, trying to focus. And I, I was thinking the exact same thing as I was coming up with this list. Um, spoiler alert, my next app is also going to be from Yahoo. Um, but yeah, the Yahoo Fantasy Football app, I spend a ton of time in that. And it is like, I would I would say it's it's kind of bad, actually, even though I, I use it all the time. It, it has ads and it's it's missing features that I use all the time that the website has. And um, it's it's just not not very good and i know a fantasy football app is a lot harder than an app where you have to view a photo and some text for a couple of you know uh news stories but still it just seems like not as much care went into their fantasy football app Mm -hmm. cool well yahoo news digest i'm definitely gonna have to check that one out yes sir also of note uh you said you you hadn't uh, checked that one out yet um it actually is on Apple's top list of 2014, if you check that out in the App Store. Um, So, yeah, Apple and I are on the same page with that one. Cool. So what's next on your list, sir? All right, so you hit on something very interesting in your last last choice, which was gamification. And this next app uh, also uh, has some gamification in that it's actually a game. Uh, my next choice is <laughs> Kingdom Rush Frontiers, which did come out this year and has just filled me with so much delight. It's uh, a fantastic game, so much fun. And uh, I, I don't know if you're not familiar with the Kingdom Rush uh, games, 
Um, they're available on iOS. There's three of them now. I think they're also available on uh, a ton of other platforms, at least Android. They're available in the Chrome web browser, uh, probably in a Flash version of them somewhere. So if, it, if you're not familiar, it's kind of like an A to B tower defense game where you're trying to stop your enemies from getting down like a predefined path every level. So you build up towers along the path and try to stop a steady flow of enemies from reaching the end point. Uh, and it's just got so much uh, ability to you know, change your strategy in the game. There's four different uh, towers that you can create. And they're all, you know, very different. And with each sequel that's come out for Kingdom Rush, they've changed the towers, and it really just switches up the entire gameplay. So, uh, it, think of the world view in Super Mario. There's a ton of different levels, and then you can go through and beat them three different times in different, um, not difficulties, but challenges. So there'll be like the standard game mode uh, for each level, and then the like silver level, which will be just like six. Uh, waves of really tough guys and then the last level or the last uh, uh, version is just like one wave of really tough guys and it just goes on and on and on and it's just so much fun I've actually come pretty close to uh, completing this one like 100% finishing it I think I'm at like 63 of 75 uh, like stars or tokens or leaves or whatever you collect and it's just been a ton of fun uh, I believe it was like three or five dollars up front and i haven't done any in-app purchases anything like that uh they are available of course uh but you don't at any way need to do in-app purchases to just have a blast playing kingdom rush uh so i haven't played a tower defense game on the iphone in a long time um but one of the things that i remember thinking when i, I was playing like geometry wars and uh, front front runners, something like that. Um, but the iPhone and iPad touch interface is like made for tower defense, man. Like being able to drag those towers into the right position and then uh, drop them, and they just start to fire at waves of waves of guys. Uh, mm -hmm. it, it's it is an interface that's super suited for um, for touch. So I, yeah. I haven't played a uh, Kingdom. Kingdom Rush is what yep. it's called. I'm looking at a screenshot. Uh, it looks looks really cool, though. I might have to check it out. Yeah, it can get extremely frantic. Uh, and I didn't mention it, but this is probably my iPad app of the year because uh, it's just it can get, like I mentioned, pretty frantic, and there can be a ton of enemies on the screen at one time. So having the extra screen real estate is really appreciated. So hmm. going to have to say top iPad of the app, uh, iPad app of the year as well. Nice. Congratulations to Kingdom Rush. Tech Frontiers. Down. Yeah. King Kingdom Rush Frontiers, yes. Top iPad app of Tech Down 2014. Yes. Um, okay, so is it me next? Yeah. Can I yeah. go? So you have inspired me with your Kingdom Rush Frontiers pick to call an audible and to kind of wing it on uh, a game. I, I didn't have any games listed uh, on my top apps of 2014. But you've inspired me, man. Wow. So we have a spontaneous addition to I, the best apps of 2014 list. I just gotta, I gotta speak from the heart on this one. Okay, you ready? Yeah. For my speak from the gut. Yeah. So here it comes. Um, threes. Ooh. All right. Continuing on the theme of Apple best of apps. Yeah. Uh, for 2014. So threes is a game that I'm sure everybody has seen at this point. Um, if one of the reasons is Apple has picked them for design awards at this point of the year. Uh, it got very popular um, among our uh, ilk, I'll say. Um, everybody elk? that <laughs> maybe them too, the ilk and the elk. <laughs> um, but like everybody that I followed on Twitter was playing threes. Um, I got my wife into it. We we took. Uh, a couple of vacations and I have very strong memories of both her and I standing uh waiting for at baggage claim and playing threes while we while we wait for our bags to be delivered um but basically the way the app works is there's a grid that is on your screen and it's four by four I believe and you can swipe all of the tiles either up or down or left or right 
and the only time that they can stack on top of each other is oh my gosh it's uh it's been a while since i actually played it but if it's a one and a two they'll stack and then from that point on they have to be the same number so a one and a two will stack onto each other and turn into a three then you can swipe a three and a three onto each other and turn to a six and a six to a twelve and twelve to a twenty-four, yada yada yada. Um, so basically, the only only interaction that you have is swiping up, down, left, or right. But there is so much depth in that small amount of um, interaction. Um, basically, you get higher scores um, the higher number tiles uh, you get on the board. So. Once you get a 64, that can only stack with another 64. So basically, you're trying to build another 64 tile while that uh, first one that you created just kind of sits there. Um, and it, it starts to get kind of difficult, but it's it's a ton of fun, and it's really a perfect example of kind of the one more game. Uh, just one more, you know, I'll spend uh, two minutes and play another round. And then before you know it, it's, it's 2 a.m., and you're there's no way that you're going to get to work uh on time the next day um on top of that every time you stack a new tile they like become a new character and i don't remember them all off the top of my head but each one has a different sound kit um they have like different eyes and a different mouth and if they start to slide on top of uh one of their pairs they um have different animations um and it's just, it's really cool. Uh, it's just really cool, that little detail that they added uh, in in that regard. I like it a lot. And they'll just, if you wait a while, there's like no rush to do your turn. You can take as long as you want. But if you start to take a little while, the, the tiles will start to talk to you. And so each of them says hello in a different cute way. Um, it's just kind of flat out adorable. Um, and then the other thing that I want to say about threes is that um, it sparked the uh, copy copycat slash clone game uh, 2048, which is derived from, uh, you know, as you are doubling these tiles, you can eventually get to one that is uh, really, really big up to, you know, 2048, potentially beyond. Um, but it, it always kind of annoys me when people know about 2048 and don't know about threes and uh are excited about 2048 and I, I kind of I do a good job of holding back and not punching them in the face and saying hey do you know that there's a sap threes that 2048 completely ripped off and how uh how long they spent developing that game um but I, I think the fact that it was able to kind of spawn a spin-off that became so massively uh popular says a lot about what what a solid job threes threes did yeah, it kind of reminds me of Johnny I fiercely defending uh, Apple designs against uh, copycat, you know, hardware manufacturers. Uh, you know, his argument being that Apple spent the time and the effort iterating time and you know time and time again to like finally reach that product that seems like an inevitable conclusion when in reality it's extremely thoughtful design and. Uh, in the case of threes, like they really laid out their case and like created an entire section on their website that had all the correspondence the three creators had made like for months and months and months, like the back and forth, like really sweating all the details of this game. And then pretty immediately after it got released, like it got shamelessly ripped off by 2048. And that's, that's really disappointing that it was rewarded with uh, quite a bit of fame and I'm sure success too. Um, so a little disappointing, but I'm glad that Apple really seems to be recognizing threes, and it's gotten, I, I think, not just a design award, but a best of, you know, I think it was the uh, best game for iPhone this year, actually. Yeah, I think uh, you're right. iPad being Monument Valley, which uh, is a kind of a, uh, didn't make my list, but kind of giving it a shout out here just as a uh, almost made it. Uh yeah, I, I agree. Monument Valley, very solid, but I, I was just, I don't know. I, I think threes stands out uh, just a little bit in my yeah. eyes. So that's me spitting it from the heart about yeah. threes. No, I approve. Uh, not made by Yahoo, but still a very good choice. Yeah. All right, so what's your next pick, man? Uh, what We're at 45 minutes. You want to do um, one more each? Does that sound yeah. good? 
Yeah, that sounds great. So I'd say to wrap up my apps, I'm going to have to go with what I can only imagine is my third most used app on the phone. Uh, this is on my home screen. It is Overcast. Uh, it says Marco Arment's, pod, uh, Arment's podcast client, and it came out this year, um, I believe, and uh, just uh, became my instant podcast client of choice. There's a couple features that really stand out and, in my opinion, put uh, set Overcast apart from other podcast clients. Um, in the past, I've used Downcast, and I've used uh, Castro, and even Apple's own podcast app for about 30 minutes. And uh, I have to say that I really enjoy the design decisions in Overcast the most. And there's uh, not just, it, it, don't, it didn't just convince me to use playlists uh, in my podcast listening. I really came around to that uh, kind of begrudgingly uh, after a while, like kind of ignoring the playlist feature in Overcast. Like it kind of won me over when I was like, oh, if only I could have a collection of podcasts I only listen to with Mary Beth. Oh wait, <laughs> kind of was a uh, yeah, kind of a light bulb moment for me. So kind of came around to that feature of this podcast app. Uh, but the things that really stand out for me is the uh, smart speed feature, where it kind of dynamically will speed up silences in podcasts. So if your editing is maybe amateur and you leave long uh, silence gaps in your recordings, like some podcasts might. Uh, it'll kind of clean that up for you. And then also there's a uh, sort of a boom enhancement uh, uh, equalizer that you can do too, which if you're recording a podcast in like Apple earbud microphones, like this will kind of make the audio a little more uh, refined, supposedly. Uh, And just something that is a little bit separate, but kind of ties into the smart speed feature is in the settings Um, under about there's just a little blurb and it says smart speed has saved you an extra blank hours beyond speed adjustments alone and that's from speeding up the podcast uh, dynamically so when you're talking it might do it at not like a 1x speed but like a 1.2x speed so it kind of speeds it up a little bit and it's sort of neat if you think about it that this app is in a sense saving you time and that's really valuable so I've actually saved an an extra 11 hours listening uh, to my podcast through Overcast than I would have otherwise. And what so, have you done with that extra 11 hours? Uh, I've played threes. <laughs> <laughs> Time well spent. Yeah, uh, in my opinion. Uh, yeah, so I know podcast, obviously, a very big topic for the both of us in 2014. So sort of a, a big choice, in my opinion, that I'm going to give the crown to best uh, podcast client on iOS to uh, Overcast for this year. I know uh, we might have differing opinions about this one, so I'd be interested to hear any thoughts or rebuttals you might have. Yeah, so uh, it's funny. I don't use Overcast, uh, and in fact, I don't really care for the, uh, the font that Marco chose and that I know John Gruber, who is kind of a font connoisseur, Afonso Sur, um, he he loves he loves the font. I, I don't really care for it. Um, Smart Speed is, I, I don't know. I think that we might have to have a larger discussion about it because it's it's not something like it makes things seem like they they sound more unnatural to me. And maybe I just need to need to get used to it. But it's interesting because um, like I don't I don't use the app. But I respect the hell out of Marco as a developer. Um, and I even love that he made an opinionated app um, that has these features that aren't really features that are really high on my priority list. Uh, you mentioned playlists. Like, maybe maybe I just need to warm up to the idea like you did, but playlists aren't uh, a feature that I really see myself using, but I still respect the hell out of the guy. And I love that he made an opinionated app. Um, I love that he is kind of pushing podcasting forward, which is, uh, super fantastic. And I even love that, um, uh, it seems like it's the podcast of choice for our elk slash ilk. Um, 
I was listening to David Smith's podcast, and he was talking about how most people listen to uh, his podcast through Overcast, uh, according to his numbers that he collects. And he's a, an iOS developer, so it seems to be kind of the podcast client of choice for iOS, uh, you know, development tech, Apple type people. Um, my podcast app that I use, um, I don't think is super. Uh, it, it like it doesn't delight me at all. It's a get the job done utility podcast, um, but I, I still like it a lot, and it's probably one of my most used apps. It is Downcast, and I'm just I'm a big fan of saying I, I want to listen to this right now, and maybe I stop in the middle, and then I want to listen to something else, and then maybe you know I, I get uh, my wife's in the car and I want to listen to something else, or maybe make a choice between a couple of things. But I, I don't know the idea of like, uh, like it's the same reason I don't really care for listening to the radio or listening to music on shuffle. Like I feel very particular about what I want to consume in any given minute. And, uh, it, it's not, uh, super beneficial for me to have something else choose for me, however smart. So, um, I, I guess that's kind of some of my thoughts on the app. Not, not to, I, I don't want to, you know, be a downer on your pick or anything, but, um, Glad that you love it. Just, just not for me. Yeah, no, not at all. And it, it's kind of interesting because Overcast, compared to Downcast and a few other podcast, popular podcast apps out there, uh, Overcast does not support streaming, which kind of might be a deal breaker depending on your situation. Uh, for instance, and up until very recently, I had a fixed data allotment uh, provided by T-Mobile of three gigs, so I had to be, you know, I had to be conscious of how much data I was using. So. I really appreciated the uh, the fact that I had had to download a podcast and Overcast wouldn't be using my 4G at all, so I wouldn't be counting against my data limit. Of course, now I have unlimited data, so bring on streaming, Marco. I'm ready for it. Did you see that T-Mobile has data rollover starting in January? Yeah, but what's infinity times infinity? Well, I mean, it just, I mean, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> No, I just think that, like, for all intents and purposes, I'm going to have unlimited uh, data because I never reach my limit, and the data that I don't use is going to roll over. So, Ooh, what is your data limit? Uh, my wife and I both have three gigs. Yeah, that is the minimum amount that qualifies for the plan. Yep, yeah, that you sounds were, fantastic. You were hoping to catch me in a lie there, weren't you? Uh, no, I just want, I, you know, I had your back. <laughs> I just had to make sure that you weren't making a fool's errand. You weren't Ooh. expecting, yeah, some data to roll over that had no business rolling over. Uh, well, good looking out, man. Uh, all right, so do you want to... Uh, have you listened to The Incomparable yet? Uh, no. So when they do their drafts, uh, they have... Uh, so they like, they'll have four or five people on their panel, and they'll talk about their favorite, I don't know, game show or TV show character or whatever. Um and when they run out of time, they kind of do a graveyard round where everybody can just kind of spit out uh, really quickly what their picks were that they didn't get to talk about. Would you like? Would you like to do that? Or sure, yeah. Did you have a couple you could speak to? Uh, yeah, I, the one that I had that we did not get to for the graveyard round. I think that's what they call it. Uh, is actually Yahoo Weather, which is the one that you brought up, which is my go-to weather app. Um, I think it does a really good job of balancing simplicity simplicity and delight and usability. And I've tried a ton of different weather apps, and that's the one I keep going back to. Oh, nice choice. Uh, my default weather uh, app of choice is the weather widget in the Today screen. Yeah, uh, and I will say, thanks to you, uh, I have installed uh, a couple of different weather widgets that I'm trying out um, in my Today screen notification center so I'm, I'm trying to get on board with that and maybe mm -hmm. i'll be freeing up a home screen space if i can remove the app completely yeah, yeah i've t tried out tons of different weather apps and none of them have stuck so maybe all i need in life is one more weather app uh, so with that said my uh entries into the graveyard round my uh, mentions for best app of 2014 that didn't quite make it onto the, the list or into the show. 
Uh, I also had down here Up by Jawbone. I'm not currently using my Up24 tracker, but for quite a few months this year, for about a six month, maybe four month stretch, I was pretty religious about wearing my Up Jawbone, my Jawbone Up, which was uh, really fun and the hardware itself did next to nothing. So the app really is what I'm giving all the credit to the experience to because it had a fantastic UI, the hardware integration was really good. Um, the bands uh, synced to the app over Bluetooth and it seemed to work pretty well. There was an update that instead of making, making that aspect faster kind of slowed it down a little bit. So um, the reason I'm not currently using my up is because I lost the charging dongle. So that kind of uh, went out the window and I haven't been motivated to pay the $15 or $10 to get a new one. So. I'm probably just going to wait until an Apple Watch comes around. There you go. For that one. Uh, I also have down here SoundCloud, continuing on the theme of great user interface. I really enjoy the gesture interface that uh, uh, SoundCloud uses, just like the uh, now playing screen. You swipe down from it, and it kind of brings down the rest of the navigation, and that's how you get in and out of that view. And it uh, is just a pretty slick interface. I actually... Um, listen to playlists from my friends and that's most of the content I listen to on SoundCloud and those friends really 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 dislike the iOS app which I was surprised to learn because it got a mention for best of on my list so it's a pretty poor 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 I'm almost gonna I'm almost there hold on one second I'm sobering up <laughs> ah, sorry about that it's a pretty polarizing choice Ah, polarizing. Polarizing is what we're going for. Yes. Uh, also, I have a couple more. I, yep. Another game. I also put threes on here, so I approve of your spontaneous uh, decision to throw that on. Um, I also have Desert Golfing, which uh, you may recognize as John Syracuse's game of choice at the moment. It's extremely fun, very simplistic and minimal. Uh, there's not really any menus. You're just dropped down... You are dropped into a desert 2D scroller, and you have a golf ball that you flick around into a hole, Angry Bird style. And then once you get the ball into the hole, you go to the next uh, tee, and that is basically the entire game until infinity, as far as I can see. Yeah, I, I got to check out desert golfing. Uh, it sounds like something that would be kind of right up my alley, actually. Yeah, I have a kind of a, a way of playing iOS games, mobile games, um, threes, Kingdom Rush, Monument Valley, you know, uh, anything like that, desert golfing. And that's with the sound off and I'll do something else like listen to podcasts or, you know, anything like that, watch television or a movie. So you're talking about all these fun sounds that three has, and I am aware that there's sounds, but I have never actually played a game with those sounds on. Huh. Okay. Which is, yeah. Interesting. Different strokes. Um, Next up for a mention this year is 1Password, which you explicitly called out in the beginning of not deserving a spot, and I sort of agree, but the one, um, it is pretty indispensable for me, but it's very utilitarian, it's just like, uh, you know, I really appreciate the functionality of it, but it's not like uh, delighting me, you know, with every interaction. But the one thing that has just been so indispensable this last year has been the Touch ID integration with 1Password. It's been so nice. Um, just a you know all around great improvement to that uh, to the login. Something you do every single time you use the app in some cases. Uh, and then the last one I put on here was Google Maps. And again, this is just great user interface. Uh, Google Maps now uses the material design aesthetic that Google uh, set up for all of their platforms, um, from Android to web browsers. Uh, so it kind of isn't exclusive to Android or iOS or any of the other ones, but it's just an extremely, you know, again, I keep going back to it, but it's just such a delightful uh, interface. Hmm. <clears throat> uh, for instance, when you're searching for something and you tap into the search bar, depending on where on the search bar you tap, there's sort of like a ripple effect that comes out from that touch point, that kind of, uh, you know, a selected state that really just, you know, seems so responsive and it's just so fun. You know, again, a really, really little thing, but I really enjoy it. 
I'm looking forward to next year when you have gone full Android and I can discuss my favorite iOS apps of the year and you can discuss your favorite Android apps. Yeah, I might have the most Android devices for any iOS fanboy I know. Ah, good point. But you uh, do a lot of uh, testing, so that's understandable. Yeah, I have a device that's going to be getting a lollipop, so I'll be happy to give you some impressions from that uh, a little further down the road. Cool, looking forward to it. Uh, so is that, does that wrap it up for your picks? Yep, that wraps up the graveyard section of the show for me. Fantastic. Really, uh, really good job, man. I, I enjoyed this episode a lot. This was, this was good. Yes, our bread and butter. Yeah. Uh, all right, you want to wrap it up then? Yeah, absolutely. We, we're at a, a solid hour, according to my count, so uh, it's a good time to do that. Um, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you'd like to find uh, more episodes of Tech Down, you can find us on the iTunes uh on iTunes directory yeah (laughs) or at techdown.fm or on twitter at techdown.fm or you can find me adam comp on twitter at adam comp yep and i'm also on twitter it's at aaron comp and i also break ios apps in my spare time uh and that's at www.brokeyourapp.com uh besides that you know tune in next week and we'll be Continuing with our uh, best of list for 2014. What are we going to do? Is it going to be the best uh, 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 drug, recreational drug of 2014? Who knows? Who knows? Recreational drug. Yeah. uh, Cars. Um, How about best craft beers of 2014? Uh, The possibilities are endless. Could be anything. This might take us all the way through till the end of 2015, to be honest. So tune in for the thrilling conclusion. Yep. Uh, Well, okay. (laughs) 